Norberto, where's Norberto Jr.? Norberto Jr., where are you, brother? Oh, okay, 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 perfect. Oh, he's over there, I see him, okay. He'll be back. No, we're good, yeah, you can, well, as soon as he comes in, we, we can, we can do it, yeah. Buenos dias! Thank you, Chris and Sebas. That was, that was good. That was really good. Thank you so much. Gracias a Chris y a Sebas por esa lectura. Estuvo muy, muy, muy buena. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So, conoceremos la verdad, y la verdad nos hará libres. Uh, let me start by reading something I found really interesting, and it's related, it's connected to the lesson this morning. Uh, and I found it in one of uh, the books uh, uh, I'm, I'm reading at this time. Quiero comenzar leyendo algo que encontré uh, en, en un libro, que estoy leyendo ahora y que me parece apropiado, y que se conecta con lo que estamos haciendo en esta mañana. So this is a story about Philip, 11 years old. And this person decided to start asking questions, specific questions, to young people at church to know their impression about worship, their relationship with God, and the idea of community. Esta es la historia de, de, de Philip y de alguien que decidió entrevistar a varios jóvenes en la iglesia para preguntarles sobre su experiencia de fe en la adoración y uh, la, la comunión y la interacción con, con Dios. So the person asked, Philip, so you go to the big church with your parents sometimes. Philip said, yeah, because I don't really like the kids' church. It's okay, but it's not the best. So then the guy said, oh, so what is it that you like about being at the big church? Philip said, well, in big church, you get to sing more adult songs. Oh, what else? You get to be with your family. That guy was not expecting that, uh, that answer, but it was really interesting. La persona que entrevista pregunta a Philip, Philip, vas entonces a la, a la iglesia con tus papás uh, a veces, al servicio con los adultos. Sí, a veces voy. No me gusta mucho la iglesia infantil. Es buena, pero no mucho. ¿Y qué es lo que más te gusta de la iglesia de los adultos? Bueno, en la iglesia de los adultos podemos cantar más canciones de adultos. ¿Y qué más? Podemos estar con nuestra familia. Another girl. Who do you know who knows God? Who do you know who knows God? And she said, my mom and my dad. All right. Let's start with your mom. What is it about your mom makes you think that your mom knows God? And she said, when I see her worshiping, she's not worried about everyone else around her. She really connects with God, and she closes her eyes. Una niña le pregunta, ¿a quién conoces que conozca a Dios? Y ella contesta, mi mamá y mi papá. Ah, sí, comencemos con tu mamá. ¿Qué te hace pensar que tu mamá conoce a Dios? Cuando la veo adorando, ella no está preocupada por nadie a su alrededor. Ella se conecta con Dios y hasta cierra sus ojos. 
What about your dad? My dad, well, the way he loves to worship. And also the way he talks about God. ¿Qué hay tu papá? Bueno, mi papá. La manera en que él ama la adoración. Y también la manera en que él habla de Dios. And I have some more questions, but it's, it can be like too much for one morning. Tengo más, más preguntas, pero puede ser mucho para una uh, mañana. Do you see how powerful it is for your kids to see you during worship? Do you see how powerful it is for the development of their faith when you connect with the Lord in worship? When they see you practicing the spiritual disciplines, when they see that for you worshiping and loving God is a priority. It's not something that you do because you have to do it, but something that you do because you love God. And your kids can see that. They can see if you do it just because you have to do it. They can see if you do it only, uh, uh, they can see if you do it only because uh, you come on Sundays and then uh, you have this idea that oh, we have to sing right now, that we have to listen to the sermon, and then we have to uh, uh, participate in the Lord's Supper, and that is worship, and we do it because it's good. They see you, and they can see your heart behind that. ¿Se dieron cuenta con estas preguntas qué tan importante es cuando nuestros hijos nos ven adorando? ¿Cómo puede cambiar el desarrollo de su fe cuando ellos ven a sus padres comprometidos, entregados, conectados en la alabanza, amando a Dios? No por obligación, no porque tengan que hacerlo, no solo porque es bueno hacerlo, los sermones, los cantos, Sino porque amas a Dios. Ellos pueden ver eso. Pueden ver tu corazón. Pueden ver lo que hay detrás. Another thing that I want to read to you. And then you see how is this connected with the verses that we just read. Otra cosa que quiero leerles. Y ustedes verán cómo eso se conecta con uh, los versos que leímos. I have here the most recent uh, research from Barna Group. Barna Group, they is its organization. They dedicate time and effort uh, to do research among Christians and non-Christians to determine the impact of faith and religion around the, the country. El Grupo Barna, esta es la más reciente investigación, es un grupo que se dedica a justamente eso, a hacer investigaciones sobre asuntos de fe y de religión, a cristianos y no cristianos, aquí en los Estados Unidos. So this one is related to evangelism. And it's really interesting. I'm gonna just I'm gonna read just two of the uh, the findings, key findings among practicing Christians. Listen to this. Any millennials in the house? Millennials? I can see you. I mean, you don't have to. Okay, I see you. I know you're here, but but you 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 were like, oh wait a minute, you're gonna talk bad about millennials. I'm not gonna raise my hand. <laughs> Nearly half of millennials practicing Christianity. Say that it is wrong to evangelize. That it's bad to share the good news. That's almost 50%. Because you don't talk about those topics. Yeah, we go to church. But we don't talk about Jesus, okay? It's not that healthy. It's uncomfortable. It's awkward. La primera estadística interesante que encontramos entre los jóvenes millennials, que son aquellos jóvenes que nacieron del año 2000 en adelante... No, perdón, esos son los Gen Z. No, no, no. No, 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 no. No se confunda, no son millennials. 
1980, entre 1980 y 1982, esos son los correctos. Escuche esto, cristianos practicantes, casi la mitad de ellos considera que evangelizar está mal, que no es correcto compartir a Jesús con otros. Pero at the same time, at the same time, two out of three millennials believe that being a witness about Jesus is part of their faith. 65%, to be more specific. Oh yeah, you know, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, being a witness of Jesus is a key part of this. Oh wait, but do not preach about Him. El 65% de los jóvenes en esta edad están conscientes que ser testigos de Jesús es parte integral de su vida cristiana. Pero al mismo tiempo, casi la mitad dicen, no, pero no hablemos de Jesús porque es extraño, es incómodo. This is a crisis. Es una crisis. And it's not about who's right and who's wrong. Y no se trata de quién está en lo correcto y quién está equivocado. It's about the foundation of faith that you have. Some people think that we Christians were close-minded and that we only repeat what we heard. And something that it's a key factor about Christianity that you have to remember is this. Christianity is not about knowing. It's about experiencing. I want to say it again. It's not about information. It's about experiencing God. El cristianismo debemos tener en consideración que aunque muchos piensan que los cristianos somos personas cerradas y que no estamos abiertos a cosas nuevas, solo repetimos lo que escuchamos de otros, hay un principio vital que tienes que entender y conocer. El cristianismo no se trata de conocer o de acumular información, sino de experimentar a Dios. Son dos cosas completamente diferentes. How is this related with the verse and all this thing that we're doing today? Jesus said, and you will know the truth, and the truth, uh, the truth will set you free. Jesus said something that sometimes we don't get, that sometimes we miss. Because when we think about the truth, immediately we come, oh, you see, it's about the Bible. It's that we know the Bible and if you, if you know the Bible, you're good. Again, this is not about getting information. This is not about memorizing the Bible. This is not about knowing where to find this specific story or not. It's about an experience. Cuando Jesús dijo, conocerán la verdad y la verdad los hará libres, perdemos el punto focal a veces o no vemos. Cuando Él dice de la verdad, inmediatamente se nos viene a la mente, oh, la verdad es esta, la verdad es la Biblia, y debo acumularla. Recuerde lo que acabo de decirle, no se trata del conocimiento, sino de la experiencia. For the Greeks, the truth, for many, many years, was related to the reality. If something is real and I can see it, then that's true. That's correct. That's true. That's correct. That is valid. That's, that's a good statement. That is something that I can embrace. Later, many philosophers were saying 
that the concept was evolving from the idea of reality to the uh, proper understanding of an, a specific um, statement. Like, if this truth, because we have heard about it from a um, recognized teacher or, or, or master, or is this something that someone is just making up to uh, fit with what we believe? If it is a lie, then it's not a truth. It's not a truth. It's not truth. Yeah. Kind of confusing for me sometimes. English is good, but can be confusing. Well, I get confused in Spanish too, so. Uh, so, this idea, okay, and it's not that complicated. This idea, okay, well, your perception of the reality, and if this statement is valid, then it's real, and you have to embrace it. The problem is that the perception of the reality is based on what you are. It's based on what you are. We can all see these bags over here, and we can have different perceptions. For some of you, will be like, oh, that's so cute. For some of you, will be like, why do they have bags in front during the worship service? For some of you, can be like, why do they have two different kind of bags? It all depends on who you are. Let me say it in Spanish, because I'm going to miss the idea. Para los griegos, la filosofía eh, eh, entendían que la verdad se asociaba con la realidad. Que la verdad se conectaba con lo que yo podía percibir. Y más adelante los filósofos decían que si uh, una declaración no era reconocida por un maestro que fuese eh, famoso en sus tiempos, entonces era una mentira. Y si era mentira, por lo tanto, no era verdad. Se nos olvida que muchas veces la realidad es un problema. La realidad depende no de lo que veo, sino de lo que yo soy. De cómo yo lo interpreto. Para muchos estas bolsas de regalo aquí están bien ordenadas. Otros dicen por qué están aquí ahora. Otros podrán decir por qué son dos bolsas diferentes. Todo depende de lo que yo soy. Now let's connect all the dots for here. Jesus is saying, you will be free. You, you, you have the opportunity to break something inside of you that is keeping you, that is restricting you, that is blocking you to know my reality. El Señor Jesús dice, vamos a conectar los puntos ahora, ustedes están perdiendo la oportunidad, están, están perdiendo, no están comprendiendo con exactitud que mi verdad es algo que puede hacerlos pasar a otro nivel, que puede realmente... Uh, derrumbar lo que les bloquea de experimentar mi realidad this generation is struggling a lot and you need to know that this generation is struggling a lot they don't want to embrace the faith of, of the parents they don't want to repeat what they heard before they have questions they have doubts they get information from like everywhere. And they compare. And they go to college or school and they take this uh, class on science and they see big evidence about something and then they go back to church and then just remember the story of Jonah. And then they think, oh wait a minute, this is kind of like a contradiction. And then they come to you and your answer is, well, this is by faith and you have to believe it. And that is not helping at all. You cannot impose the faith to anyone. Because God is an experience. 
It's not about knowledge. Even people with knowledge, with a lot of information, even them struggling with doubts. I struggle with doubts as well. I have my questions. You have your questions. Because at the end, every single doubt that we have, every single struggle that we face regarding to faith, it's a step that is pointing, is guiding you, is taking you up to a deeper experience with the Lord. But if we don't allow this to happen, if we block our kids from the truth, which is Jesus Himself, and Jesus is just changing the ideas, changing the concept, esta generación, hermanos, hermanas, está sufriendo. Es una generación que tiene preguntas, que tiene dudas, que van a las escuelas, las universidades, y se encuentran con la idea de eh, científica, grandes evidencias, quieren compararlo luego con la fe, y lo que les contamos en la historia de Jonás, y no hace sentido, y cuando no hace sentido les decimos, tenga fe y crea. Punto. Y esa respuesta no ayuda. Esa respuesta no impulsa la fe. Esa respuesta es... Vaga y puede ser vacía. Now, what is Jesus trying to say here? For the Greeks, it was about the reality. If I say something, I believe it. But in the Old Testament, the truth, it's related to faithfulness, integrity, and testifying the Lord. So, In a few words, let me tell you something. The truth is not about what you do. It's about the person you're becoming. It's not about if you realize that, oh, wait a minute, this is different. Oh, let me believe this. Oh, let me do that. Knowing the truth is not about getting information to prove wrong someone about their faith or what they believe. It's about the person you're becoming by the guidance of the Holy Spirit. La verdad no se trata de acumular información o de, de querer probar que alguien está equivocado. Para los griegos era la, la percepción de la realidad. En el Antiguo Testamento se trataba la verdad de la confianza, de la integridad y del testimonio. Por lo tanto, la verdad no se trata de lo que hago o dejo de hacer. La verdad se trata de la persona en la que me estoy convirtiendo. Se trata de la persona que está siendo transformada por el Espíritu Santo. So what Jesus is saying is, it's not about what you know. It's not about what you think. It's not about the whole idea of the divinity, of power, of the gods you believe in. It's about being free to experience me. To know that I can transform your life on a deeper level, a level where knowledge is very limited. Jesús dice, yo quiero romper las cadenas para que puedan experimentar libertad. La libertad de pensar, la libertad de entender, la libertad de conocerme a mí y de ser guiados por mí más profundamente. Esta libertad supera, amados hermanos, al conocimiento. So for all the seniors graduating today, I want to tell you something. Probably you, you are not expecting this from a preacher. You have to question everything. Ask all the questions. But do not close your mind 
to the Spirit of God. Because the power of the Lord might surprise you one day. Para todos los graduados hoy les quiero decir un consejo que a lo mejor no esperan de un predicador. Cuestionen todo. Pregunten todo. Tengan dudas. Pero no cierren su mente al Espíritu del Señor. No cierren su mente a lo que Dios quiere decirles. Freedom for you is not about being 18 years old and now doing everything you want to do. Going to college. Oh, I'm going to drive a car. Now I'm free from my parents. Finally, I can make my own decisions. Finally, I can do whatever I want. I want to go far away from my parents because I can't anymore. You don't tell them that. You tell them, Mom, Dad, I'm going to miss you. <laughs> so freedom is not about, oh, finally, I'm an adult and I'm ready. Let me tell you something. According to science, you're an adult when you get 25 years old. And I can give you solid evidence about that. So, if you're 18 years old, please relax and enjoy. But you are not free because you make your own decisions. There's only one kind of freedom that will help you, that will take you to the next level. And it's the freedom that Jesus Christ is offering to you. This is not about religion. Please, don't get me wrong. It's about a solid relationship that He wants to have with you. Muchos piensan que al llegar a los 18 años, ya son adultos, ya son libres, pueden hacer lo que quieran, ya por fin quiero mi libertad, me quiero ir de aquí porque no aguanto a mis padres, estoy ya cansado y ahora que tengo 18, voy a la universidad, soy libre. No eres adulto hasta que cumples 25 años según la ciencia, hablando biológicamente. Así que disfruta tu juventud y relájate. Te queda mucho por aprender, pero la genuina libertad no es la que te permite tomar decisiones a diestra y siniestra, sino la que te permite experimentar a Dios. And let me close with this. Two things. Number one, authentic freedom is not about making your own decisions because now you're an adult. Authentic freedom is about going deeper to the purpose you were created for. La auténtica libertad no se trata de hacer tus propias decisiones. Se trata de ir más profundamente en el propósito para el cual fuiste creado. And this is why I started with this interview, church. Because we are responsible for these kids. We are responsible for them in the sense that they come here expecting us to be those who are going to help them to break the chains. But sometimes... We are not a bridge for them. We're a big wall for their faith. And we got to take responsibility. But more than that, let's take action. All of these kids, they said that when they are here worshiping with their parents, they see, listen, this generation will see that God is real, not because of the external scientific evidence. They will see that God is real when they see God in you. Esta generación va a entender que Dios es real, no cuando les presentes evidencia científica o cuando les traigas argumentos. Ellos van a entender que Dios es real cuando lo vean en ti. 
in this book, um, The Code Talent, they, uh, they present this research about why the best soccer players in the world come from Brazil. I'm not sure about that, okay? But, uh, well, I can tell you they don't come from Honduras, okay? That, I can tell you that for sure. But then Brazil, I don't know. So, en este libro, El Código del Talento, la, la investigación que presentan, se preguntan por qué los mejores jugadores de fútbol vienen de Brasil. No estoy seguro de eso, ¿no? Ahora, lo que estoy seguro es que de Honduras no, no vienen. O sea, eso tenemos que tenerlo claro. So they decided to, to investigate and they found something really powerful. They were asking, oh, maybe it's what they're eating. Oh, or maybe it's, you know, the water they have. Why uh, Brazilians are so talented playing so They're so little and they like play like really good. Why? What are they giving to them? Jugadores brasileños son tan pequeñitos y estaban ahí, juegan y corren y uno dice, ¿por qué son tan buenos? ¿Es el agua que toman? ¿Es la comida que les dan? ¿Qué hay en Brasil que funciona? Y encontraron algo. They found something. That Brazil has created this whole environment where soccer is a priority for the whole society. And pushing that idea Kids have that desire and passion to be part of that atmosphere. So what they say in the book is, the atmosphere you create can transform behavior. So the question for the church is, what kind of atmosphere are we creating for youth to experience God? For children to experience God. When they come here, we're not talking about uh, modifying their behavior because, oh yeah, you, you have to obey this. I'm talking about the organic moving of the presence of God among us that can really bring transformation. What are we creating? What we create, what we produce, will transform or not. Our society. La pregunta entonces es cuando encontraron en la investigación que en Brasil no tienen nada de comida especial, absolutamente nada de, de cosas raras. Lo único que tienen iglesia es que han creado un ambiente, una atmósfera, una cultura donde el fútbol es una prioridad. Y en la investigación se refleja entonces que la cultura, la atmósfera, el ambiente que yo creo puede transformar el comportamiento. La pregunta para la iglesia es, ¿qué ambiente estamos creando nosotros para transformar la vida de los jóvenes y de los niños? Un ambiente donde la presencia de Dios pueda moverse orgánicamente, con libertad, para transformarlo. Porque al final, los, nuestros hijos, nuestros jóvenes, resultarán en un producto que transforme o no transforme la sociedad. Pero depende de nosotros. Worshiping together. It's going to lead. Listen to this. Worshiping together is going to lead our kids, our youth, to experience the freedom of Jesus. Adorar juntos nos va a llevar, va a llevar a nuestros niños, a nuestros jóvenes, a encontrar la libertad en Jesús. High school seniors, you are loved by God.
And this morning during the, the, the prayer service, I told the group something that at least for me is powerful. In life, sometimes you are not going to be number one. You're going to be number two, three, four, five, ten. I don't know. But for God, for God, you will always be number one. He is real, not because I'm telling you that He is real. He is real, not because this is what I received from somebody else. He is real because I have seen His power transforming people, healing people, restoring the brokenness of many others. I have seen Jesus moving in many different ways. And the most beautiful thing is that He is here today, this morning, with us, moving among us. El Señor es real no porque yo lo diga. El Señor es real no porque yo lo pienso, me lo enseñó alguien más, o me lo transmitieron. El Señor es real porque yo he visto su poder, su sanidad, restaurando al quebrado, al caído. En los ojos de los hombres, a veces seremos el número dos, el número tres, el número cuatro, pero ante los ojos de Dios, siempre seremos el número uno. This morning we prayed for, for you high school seniors to have your identity in Jesus. To find your belonging in this church. And your purpose in God's mission. Esta mañana oramos por ustedes, graduados. Para que encuentren su identidad en Jesús, su pertenencia en esta iglesia y su propósito en la misión de Dios. I'm not talking about changing the numbers. I'm not talking about changing the statistics. I want to invite you, church. We all can work together to make the difference one kid at a time. Mm -hmm. One kid at a time. Be authentic. This generation, they need authentic adults. They can detect hypocrisy like this. We need to be authentic. We are not perfect, but be authentic. Do not be fearful about being vulnerable. You're a human. You make mistakes. Be authentic. So they can see a real faith in you. Esta generación necesita cristianos adultos auténticos. Tienen un detector de hipocresía. Y pueden verlo. Tenemos que ser auténticos. No perfectos. Auténticos. Cometemos errores. Nos equivocamos. Pero podemos ser auténticos. Will you please stand? Por favor, pónganse de pie. We're going to sing. And if you have any prayer request, you can come forward. We are going to do a general prayer. After that, um... But you're invited to come forward if you have any uh, prayer requests. Eh, son bienvenidos a pasar si desean eh, peticiones de oración. And right after this, right after the prayer and the, 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 the song, we're going to have a ceremony to honor our high school seniors.